When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Welcome back to Draft Boss. Welcome back to Draft Boss. Yeah. All right, we're back. We're doing it. Um, the, the, the questionable season's almost upon us, right? Uh, but while we're not, let's not worry about that. We've got some big news this week, right? Dak Prescott signed the franchise tag tender. Um, but I'm I'm burying the lead with that one. Chris Jones clearly is the guy you came here to hear about, right? Uh, he said he might sit out the season if there even is a season if they don't get a deal done by July 15th. And uh, oh yeah, you know uh, Cam Newton signed with the dang Patriots, and the Patriots also, you know, um, what's it called? Uh, they they got fined and they also got docked a third round pick, right? Uh. So what happened here, right? Let's go. We'll start off with uh, the big news, right? Cam Newton to the New England Patriots. If you follow me on the Instagram, if you follow, uh, if you follow me on the TikTok, Draftvice now has a TikTok. Uh, go follow on those spots because I already gave a little bit of my insight here. Uh, Cam Newton, uh, former NFL MVP, signs for uh, one year, one million. It sounds like it's a one million dollar deal, but with incentives up to seven and a half million. We're not really privy to the details as of yet, but that's what it sounded like from the reports. So he can make up to seven and a half million. Uh, there's a lot of intrigue as to why camp lasted this long uh, on the free market. Granted, you know we know COVID kind of helped play a hand in that and the draft, so. Here we go. We have this guy who, you know, a lot of people remember him for being this big deep arm passer and running the ball. But uh, actually, last time we saw Cam healthy, he was throwing a lot of short game passes, which is a lot of what the, the Patriots game is built off of is that short to intermediate areas of the field. That's not to say that that's all they do. That's not to say that's all Cam can do. And to be honest, I think actually my worry with Cam in this system, like I think he could do the short area accuracy very well. I think if you give him the right system, he can get the reads down very well, and he can make play. He can make calls in and out. He can make checks and calls and all that. My worry here is this: the Patriots scheme is very option route heavy, right? Usually, like you know, I, and even the players who are not the quarterback say that it takes about a year and a half to kind of almost two years to get this whole scheme under wraps to fully understand it. That's not to say that Cam's not a great player. And granted, all those players I've heard say that were only in the Patriots system. So it might also be a little bit of rookie growth, if you will. Uh, that being said, uh, I do think it might be at least somewhat complicated for Cam to just dive in. Uh, he's definitely the most talented of the three quarterbacks currently on the Patriots roster. Right, he's uh, you know Stidham now has a, a year in on this system. Hoyer's had multiple years of this system between when he was in New England the first time, uh, the last time he was in New England, then when he got cut. So uh, Hoyer's gonna have a, a, a shot of maybe playing, but it's weird. I feel like Hoyer fell off a cliff somewhere. Like I don't get it. Like he he just was not good when he was in San Francisco. So. I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not really. You know, I wouldn't be shocked if Hoyer starting day one, uh, day one of the league year, and you know, uh, for the first game of the season. But I, I think what Cam brings to the table, if Cam is healthy, and that's the big worry here, is Cam healthy? Is they can they can build around Cam, right? That's totally on the table. 
they can take Cam and say, listen, we're going to utilize you the way, like, because we've seen Bill O'Brien do that with Deshaun Watson, and he's kind of from a similar scheme and system. We could see that happen here. My only worry is I don't think that's the Patriots' priority. They didn't make signing him a priority. They didn't try to trade for him. They got him for peanuts. They got him on the, you know, the open market discount rate, and I don't think – I think that means, like, they might not make him a priority to start going into the year. They're, they're looking at him as, listen, this is uh, the bargain bin quarterback. We got him for a discount. And that's not to say that that's, that's a bad thing, right? It's, I think Cam has the accuracy for the, their scheme. Uh, I think, and if anything, he could probably, if, if he had a, a year or two in that scheme, he probably can dominate that scheme maybe even better than Brady did because he brings something to the table that Brady did not, which is, is athleticism. He's a, he's a tank who knows how to run really well. And, again, he's, you know, he's very well known for his deep ball. He's very, but, like, again, like I said before, uh, when he had DJ Moore and uh, Christian McCaffrey and Curtis Samuel and he was in that, when he was healthy, he was doing really well in the short area stuff. Now, you know, it sounds like something that the Norv Turner and his son Scott Turner were able to bring out of him. Uh, it's been attempted before, by the way, to make Cam a short area accuracy guy, and he just seemed not to. It might be footwork. It might be coaching. It might be the people who were around him, you know, when the when Norv Turner came in. It might be the, you know, maybe Scott Turner really is a really good QB coach. So when those guys came in, they got him to shift to that and did it really well, whereas when Shula was the guy, it just didn't really work for the short area game. It worked better when he was throwing the deep ball and running the ball and running QB power. So, you know, and I, I, I'm intrigued to see what, uh, what uh, McDaniels can draw up with him. Uh, they could utilize his athleticism. We saw what they did with Brissett when they had him in that, uh, on, the, on that team a while ago. Uh, for the one game that he start, uh, for the two games he started, and uh, and, and tore up the Texans with uh, with Brissett just running the ball and utilizing his athleticism, and Brissett's nowhere near the athlete that uh, that Cam Newton is, at least I don't think. And also, Cam Newton's a much better passer as well. So, what do we do here, right? The the we have the league coming in. First off, you know, there's been a bunch of cases spiking. Everybody's a little bit worried about that. Um, my big worry is that Cam's not going to get enough time with this scheme, with this system, with the playbook, where they're going to really – he might not even be guaranteed a roster spot. Like, I, I love the guy. I think that he should be guaranteed a roster spot. There is no guarantee. Bill Belichick's the kind of guy that he's, he's checking out whatever's there. That is all he is doing. He, and he's looking at it going, like, this can be intriguing. Like, if I can get him playing at a high-end level for a cheap deal, man, people are going to be thinking, I, like, I'm a genius or, like, a magician or a genius magician. It, it's just going to be what uh, – for, for Bill Belichick, it's going to make him look uh, like uh, a wizard, if you will. He's a wizard, Harry. Billy. Uh, Goodell. So I, I like it. I like, uh, I like Cam. Uh, they definitely could use a guy like him. Uh, I I don't know if he, you know, again with the the with almost no off season what we've known of so far. He's even coming in late now. He didn't get the virtual OTA, so he didn't get the install from there. Uh, keep in mind this goes along with some other news. Yes, the Patriots got fined and docked a pick for uh, the the videotaping scandal. That happened this year where uh, they sent their video crew to follow one of their scouts. 
and one of their and the video crew kind of they didn't give everybody a heads up and one of the guys from the video crew was videotaping the sideline he's videotaped it for eight straight minutes so there was a little bit of a uh, uh of a thing with that uh i personally think that it's a uh, it, there there's a lot of ways to interpret the the punishment here right uh you can look at it and you could say well you know what uh, they clearly, you know, it, it's the 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 past, the prior bad acts, like which you're really not supposed to. to you know, prior bad acts aren't always proof that you're going to do something bad again. So I, I don't. But in football, you know, there's an appearance of impropriety. You know, this, this isn't the first time you guys have been in trouble as far as an organization goes. And as long as Bill Belichick's been there, you've been in a couple of different instances. So. You know they they punished him. They punished him pretty hard. Third round pick's a pretty big pick. That's a player. That's a that's a potential starter, and a million dollars is a lot of money. So, um, hey, keep in mind. Remember the brawl between the Steelers and the Browns. A million dollars is more than what both those teams paid in their own individual team fines to the NFL. Million one point one million dollars is more than what those two teams paid. So, it just kind of gives you an idea of. And neither of those teams got docked picks. Granted, those are players that kind of did their thing. Uh, I don't know. Patriots will survive, right? They just seem to always do so. They probably already have an extra pick for that year anyway. So, anyway, uh, I, I still like the idea of Cam being on that team. Uh, I think a lot of people thought that was going to be a thing, and then they are like, no, it's not going to be a thing. It couldn't be a thing. It'll never be a thing, and now it's a thing. So, I I'm, I was excited. I mean, if you look at the TikTok video or the, the, the Instagram feed, I was excited. I was like, damn, man, Bill Belichick's just pulling things out of his booty. And I think this is it, man. I think that is the trick. Like, if, if whether or not he plays, right, like whether or not Cam plays, this is a big trick to pull out of your butt and to get such a great player. And if he might not play for them. Like, again, like I said before, like I, you know, Stim's been there a while. Hoyer knows that system. Uh it's an uphill battle for Cam to make this team. I think that he'll make the team. The problem is this is like the one situation where they probably aren't even that worried if they play Cam or not because, again, it's Bill Belichick. He could do whatever the hell he wants. He's earned he's earned the privilege to say, shut the hell up and do what I tell you. So I I think it's a impressive situation. I can't wait to watch it. I can't wait to see it on the field. Um, let's go on to the next thing. Maybe we'll rope back into that a little bit later. Uh, Chris Jones, I mentioned before, he said he might hold, uh, not hold out, but he won't sign his tender and he'll, he'll sit out the season if they don't come to an extension, uh, by July 15th. He wants like a $20 million a year deal. He's currently on the franchise tag tender. Uh, he is a piece to their defense. He's a very important piece to their defense. I, I totally believe that they will end up signing him and paying him or they trade him. I don't think they trade him though, because he also has to agree to wherever they're trading him to. So, uh, Chris Jones is uh, is an impressive defensive piece. Very good pass rusher. Not as great as, as far as a run stopper goes, but if you have him lining up as defensive end or three tech, very good uh, defensive lineman. And then also, you know, we have more QB news. Dak Prescott signed his franchise tag tender. Um, I, I think I had previously mentioned, you know, like uh, everybody knows about Andy Dalton being there now. Uh, you know, Dak Prescott is, you know, Andy Dalton on steroids. Like, that's like the souped-up version of Andy Dalton. So now the his backup's really good. Uh, Dak can probably sit there and play one more year on that, on that tag if he wants to, and then 
you know, see if they tag him again. Uh, it's a lot of money. Uh, I don't think he was going to say goodbye to it anyway. So I, uh, I don't know. I like Dak. I, I don't despise Jack. I, 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 I like Dak. I think that Dak is a good quarterback. I think he is an a above average quarterback. I don't think he's in the top 10, but he might be like on that. That It depends. I, I, cause guys get better over the years. Like I think Dak's gotten better. Uh, I think surrounding him with weapons, like that's the thing that I've said about Dak that it reminds me about Andy Dalton is that they are guys that when you give them a good situation, they, they do actually do a lot with it. It's they need that situation. They need the pieces around them. Like Dak is not going to turn a bad team good. He's going to turn a good team great. Like, or a, he's going to keep a good team good or a great team great because a lot of the pieces that are in Dallas are very good. Uh, he's got a lot of a good receiving core now. Uh, the offensive line might take a step back with uh, with Travis Frederick leaving. Uh, I, I don't think that's going to be too much of the issue going into camp. I know that the the Cowboys have signed Cam Irving, former uh, former center for uh, the Browns and then the Kansas City Chiefs. So I uh, – I, I think the deal with Dak is you gotta you gotta extend him. Uh, if he's your long term answer, you got to. If he's not, and you want to get stuck in a Kirk Cousins situation, well, you better have a plan going into the future, right? Uh, maybe they do have a plan. Maybe their plan is next year to sign Cam Newton when he's healthy, assuming he's healthy. Maybe their plan is to keep Andy Dalton, see how he goes through camp. Uh, you know, now it looks like there is a glut of quarterbacks on the market, right? There's a lot of solid to good quarterbacks because they've been developing them. Uh, the teams are starting to realize how to adapt their systems to get these quarterbacks to come in and play better. You know, part of it is it's all a learning process. Like 10 years ago, they were not adapting the, uh, the schemes to the players coming out of college. So if they were coming out of an air raid system, they, you know, they weren't making all the right reads, and now, now they're realizing, okay, how do we cut it down and make it easier for the guy? So, um, listen, I, I, I think Dak is a good player. Uh, like I said before, I don't think he breaks the top ten. Maybe he does. It depends. I think it depends on the list and the year, to be honest. I haven't done my final quarterback rankings for 2020, so he might break into the top ten. Who knows? I, I sometimes sit there and I say that, and I think when you look at the pieces around him. I, I think he's a good player. Like, again, I think he makes the most of those guys that he has around him. He's not always the most accurate guy. He's not the he, – he has a lot of good qualities, right? Like, like I said, he souped up Andy Dalton, and he happens to have Andy Dalton as a backup. So very good uh, very good situation going in there. Um, what also we are going to talk about today, right? Uh, I've uh, posted a little thing on the Facebook – not the Facebook, the TikTok. So if you don't know, if you haven't been following the TikTok, I haven't posted these on Instagram, but I've been doing videos of my uh, my head coach rankings. Actually, like I saw I saw some debate going on about who's a top five head coach, and I started going through it, and I'm like, actually, I should start doing my own ranks for this. I think it's an intriguing uh, little game to kind of play. Uh, so I'm gonna go through them. You guys can hate them, you can love them, you could despise them. Uh, I've done a lot of these on video. By the time I'm recording this, uh, I have not. I'm up to part. I'm up to part seven. I just gotten up to the, my twentieth best head coach on the TikToks, if you will. So, uh, guess what? Some of these you're going to be getting uh, ahead of everybody else. I did not include first year head coaches, and I did not include coaches who've only had one year of head coaching experience. So, you know, 
I mean, there is an obvious guy who I'd be sticking at last if uh, if I was doing that, but uh, I won't be. Don't worry. I actually will get into how I rank the the coaches with one year of experience as well. But right off the bat, let's get the easy ones done. The the top two: Bill Belichick, number one overall; Andy Reid, number two overall. Pretty simple, right? Bill Belichick, tons of Super Bowls, tons of playoff wins. Uh, now he's got to adapt without Tom Brady. But, man, I mean, how do you expect to put anybody else up there right now? Uh, yeah, the only other guy I think that is in the running that has an argument is Andy Reid, right? He's number two. And you look at the coaching trees of those guys, Andy Reid's got a little bit better of a coaching tree. Uh, those guys just seem to stay a little bit longer and play a little, uh, coach a little bit better. He seems to give them at least kind of the playbook on how to keep going. So those two guys, great. I, I don't think there's an argument. You could even make an argument to flip them. I get it. I, I think that's where it goes, though. Um, I I feel dirty saying this one, right? I Not dirty, because I really like him. Um, I get the argument why he should not be this high. But I put Sean Payton at three. Uh, and... I did this list kind of objectively, and kind of objectively, this is actually probably incorrect. So on the TikTok video, I put Sean Payton at three. I'm going to change this right now. I am changing it for the purpose of the podcast. It is now going to be Pete Carroll at number three. Uh, he's moved up four spots from the, uh, from the TikTok videos. He didn't even make it into this part, I know. But I just I can't see him not deserving this. Like, it was such a bad misstep. He deserves to be at three. So, yes, Pete Carroll, two Super Bowl bursts, one win, one appearance, uh, multiple playoff uh, berths. I mean, this guy, since he's been in Seattle. Now, I can understand. Some people might make the argument that he, you know, that he's holding Russell Wilson back. Uh, but, like, when you look at all the pieces that that team has, like, that, he, that team gets coached up really well sometimes, too. I get some of the play calling kind of screws. Like, their, their offensive play calling gets a little screwy. Defensively, they've been great, and they've coached people up really well, and everybody wants to go there. Like, guys, like again, Jadavian Clowney wanted to be in Seattle last year. Like, t players want to go there. You know how great of a team you have to be, how impressive of a team you have to be for other teams to go, for other players on other teams to be like, I want to go to that one. That's really good. So, yeah, it's Pete Carroll, you deserve number three. I screwed up on the TikTok. I'm correcting it here. So, see, I'm already admitting wrong, right? Number four becomes Sean Payton here, everybody. Uh, Sean Payton, head coach of the Saints. Now, you might sit there and be like, wait a second, man. I mean, come on. He hasn't been to a Super Bowl in a while, and plus he's got Breeze, right? Like, maybe maybe pick a guy who's had multiple quarterbacks. And you know what? Not for nothing. It's not like there's that many other guys on the list that could really make the argument to be up here. Like, there's a couple, and we're going to go through all of them. And there's arguments for each one, too. So I'm going to go with uh, Sean Payton at four. Uh, constantly, they've been a playoff contender. Uh, there was a little bit, there was a short period of time a couple years ago where people were talking about his job being ready to go, and it just seems like they've, they've kicked it up in gear, and they've been a perennial playoff contender every year for the last few years. Uh, everybody's talking about every year they're like the favorites to go to the Super Bowl, and they don't make it. Um, they're like the, the, the Packers a few years ago. So, I, again, like, I love Sean Payton. Uh, I love his style. I think he's a very sweet guy. Uh, I I think and he's I think he's a great coach. And again, multiple playoff berths, a Super Bowl win. You got Drew Brees. He's and Drew Brees was not considered as high level of a quarterback until he went with Sean Payton. And those two have been a marriage that's been sweeter than sweet. 
So we're going to follow that up. Uh, again, another switch up from the TikTok. This is why it's important to do both, right? Uh, because I changed my opinion here, right? I had a whole different guy at next spot. I'm going with Doug Peterson, right? Doug Peterson at five. Uh, he was actually two spots lower, and uh, I, I, I kicked him up above the AFC North guys. Um, that, that should hint at where the next guys come up. And Doug Peterson, it's because he's most recently been to the Super Bowl, right? We see it every year that he, he gets – the coaching's really good from his perspective. And they're willing to change it up, and they're willing to work. And I – you know, he, they missed the playoffs one year, and that was his first year. Every other year they've made the playoffs. He made it to a Super Bowl with a backup – and they won the Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. I'm, I'm going to say I like Doug Peterson. I gave it to the other two guys on the list uh, in the TikToks because I felt like uh, – that maybe they deserved it because of longevity, and we've seen them do the, the kind of a similar thing before. So uh, next is John Harbaugh at six, and Mike Tomlin at seven, and uh, I, I think it, it should be this way. Like I, I've seen both these guys adapt. I've seen both these guys coach really well. Uh, they both have Super Bowls under their belt, which is kind of what you needed to be in this part of the ranking. You needed Super Bowls to be up this high. Uh, they make, you know, their teams make the playoffs pretty consistently. Tomlin's missed it the last two years. And honestly, when I was doing the TikTok, I kind of hinted that I didn't know, I didn't necessarily, like, I felt like Tomlin deserved maybe one spot lower or two, like, deserved to be behind Doug Peterson, basically, was where I felt. Because I, I, it feels like, even though Tomlin is a great coach, and I mean, there is some real proof out there. I mean, there was a game last year where literally they went in at halftime, and Mike Tomlin went ahead and tore up the, the playbook and went ahead and drew it on the board, and there's a really good story about it. So don't get me wrong. This is why he's up this high, and there's an argument for all these guys being in the top four or five. Uh, Tomlin is really good. Uh, the only problem I have is every once in a while, and it happens pretty consistently, at least once or twice a year, the Steelers don't play, they play down to competition. So that's why I put John Harbaugh ahead of him. Uh, you know, John Harbaugh's another guy who looked like he was going to be losing his job a year or two ago. And he adapted, he, he you know, he adapted, his, he was willing to go ahead and change uh, OCs and go with a different guy and adapt the playbook to Lamar Jackson and do what he does well. And, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, start making a switch towards analytics and and uh, valuing their defensive players differently and going after defensive backs to the, the 12th degree. So, I mean, listen, I, I think John Harbaugh has been really good. And believe me, I'm a Browns fan. I shouldn't like either of those guys. And they're up high. They're up very high in my list. Right. So. Uh, so Doug Peterson, five, uh, John Harbaugh, six, Mike Tomlin, seven. Right. Uh, number eight, Kyle Shanahan. He did not change at all from, uh, from the TikToks to now. Uh, it is still Kyle Shanahan. Uh, cause honestly, I, I, I said this in the video. He, he might be the reason why the Falcons went to the Super Bowl the, the when he was there as the OC and they went to the Super Bowl. You know, he took the 49ers to the Super Bowl last year. Uh, he's now gotten to build his system. He got to build his team. He's got his QB. Their defense is really good. His scheme is so amazing that they barely even have to throw the ball. They're just running it really damn well every goddamn time. So Kyle Shanahan, I know he's only been a coach for so long, but, like, again, like, I, nobody is worrying about them not making it to the playoffs next year. They are in a rough division, keep in mind. But, again, very good team, very good defense, and he's a very good coach um, and, and definitely a driving force behind that team.
The next guy on the list, uh, I see him as a potential candidate to move down in the next year. It depends. This is this is a very big make-or-break year. It's Number nine is Sean McVay, uh, L.A. Rams. You, know, you got a, a, a Super Bowl appearance. You got a couple of uh, – you got at least uh, a couple of uh, playoff berths. Uh, so I like him. I like him as a coach. You can make the argument he belongs lower on this list, but I saw him adapt last year. They were still a very solid team last year, even though it looked like their team was not their team was not good, and they still managed to eke out some pretty good wins. So I, I'm going to sit there and say I, I think Sean McVay adapts. I think they're. Pro- I think the problem with the LA Rams is not Sean McVay. It's Les Snead. So you know, and, and his ability to plan out and and set that team up for the future. Uh, I don't like where that team's going in that di- as far as that direction goes, but I do like Sean McVay. So, and I, I think we will see some more adaptation on his end, very similar to how we see some adaptation on Kyle Shanahan's end. And I think he's probably the next best thing to Kyle Shanahan. To be honest, he had more success before Shanahan did as a head coach. So, again, number nine, Sean McVay. Uh, number ten. Bruce Arians. This is like the next tier, right? It goes basically uh, after uh, Tomlin. It's like a t- it's a, a tier of two guys with Shanahan, McVay, and then it's another tier. And it's this tier is very much the differential here is uh, is minuscule, right? These are the very good head coaches that have not gotten Super Bowls, and uh, you feel like they should. They're close to them. And uh, they probably will within the next few years. But top of this list is uh, Bruce Arians, right? He's got the highest win percentage out of these, like, next five guys. Uh, I, I like him. Love his personality. Uh, you know, he, he's, like I said, he's got the highest win percentage. Does not have the highest win percentage, though, for playoffs. In fact, that goes to another guy later on in this list. Um, I, I really like Bruce Arians. There's, like I said, players want to go play for somebody, right? They wanted to play for Pete Carroll. Tom Brady wanted to go play for Bruce Arians. Like that, that's stuff that people should like kind of mark on the the note note shed, the note sheet for some of these guys. Is like, wait a second, Brady wants to go work for Arians. All right, you know, and Arians has a, you know a good system. Doesn't always adapt it very well. I don't know. I, I like Arians. And, again, he's been successful everywhere he went. Now, granted, he has pretty good quarterbacks everywhere he went. You know, Palmer when he was in Arizona. Uh, granted, he got broken. Then, he, you know, then I think Arians saw the shit show that was rising and retired and then came back. Uh, got some decent but not great play out of James Winston. Got him to throw for a ridiculous amount of yardage. Also, a ridiculous amount of interceptions. So, uh, I like Arians. Like I said, he's got the highest win percentage out of the next five guys, so I, I felt like he kind of deserved to be where he's at, has multiple playoff berths. Uh, so let's go to the next guy, uh, Mike Zimmer, right? Long-time uh, Vikings head coach. Like I said before, Sean McVay, Mike Zimmer's going to be having his uh, his uh, make-or-break moment this year, right? A lot of new guys on the roster. Uh, a lot of old guys are left. Uh, they had to kind of re- churn the roster a little bit and get a little bit younger because they had a lot of heavy contracts. Uh, but, uh, again, uh, at 11 uh, – is it 11? Yeah, we're at 11 now, right? Uh, it goes Bill Belichick, Andy Reid, Sean Payton, Doug Peterson, Mike Tomlin, John Harbaugh, right? Bill Belichick, Andy Reid, Pete Carroll, Sean Payton – Doug Peterson, 
John Harbaugh, Mike Tomlin, right? Seven guys, then eight and nine were Sean McVay and Shanahan. Ten was Bruce Arians. Eleven is Zimmer. And now, yeah, so Mike Zimmer, and I, I, I think Zimmer is like in that. But he's made multiple. He's had multiple playoff firsts. He's actually got more playoff wins than uh, than Bruce Arians. Uh, I like him a lot. I, I think he's a hard, you know, he's kind of like one of those guys where he's got that hard nose to the grind. Uh, hasn't made it to a Super Bowl yet. I don't know if he ever does. Um, because, again, this team could easily fall apart in the next year, and his 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 job could be on the line. They seem to be very volatile as the team goes. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if they're in the playoffs. I just think that they also are in a rough division. So this isn't really a, a the playoff uh, predictions this is more who are great coaches. I think he is a great coach. You always hear about it too. That he's a good coach. So I appreciate it. I, I like who he is. I like what I've heard about him. Next on the list, this is another one we're switched up, right? We got Mike Vrabel, right? At number 13. Right? No, number 12. Number 12 is Mike Vrabel. Sorry, everybody. Uh, he was 13 on the other list, and I, I moved him up one spot. Mike Vrabel actually has the highest win percentage in the playoffs of all these guys. I, I, he's been impressive, right? And whether it was Marcus Mariota or Ryan Tannehill, he's done very well. Yeah, he, he made Marcus Mariota back into, you know, um, like a, a solid – not Marcus Mariota. He made Ryan Tannehill into a solid quarterback. Marcus Mariota's kind of broken right now. Um, maybe he'll turn into something for the Raiders. That being said, I like Mike Vrabel, a uh, very tough, hard-nosed grind guy, willing – you know, again, pick some really good guys to, to – be coaches in his, his team, uh, whether it was Lafleur or Arthur Smith. Uh, I listen. I like Vrabel. Kind of very awe-inspiring personality, right? He's willing to chop something off in order to win a Super Bowl. Uh, very, very good hyperbole there. Very uh, hyperbole there. Um, the next guy on the list is actually Bill O'Brien. Uh, people might be shocked by this one. Uh, I, I know we all like to chastise and fry Bill O'Brien. Uh, I I like him as a coach. I hate him as a GM, right? Uh, you know, since he's been on the Texans as their head coach, he's made them a competitor. They've made it to the playoffs multiple times. Now, they have not won a lot of playoff games with him as the head coach, but he's at least gotten to the playoffs, which is kind of an important thing, right? That's at least step one. You're into the playoffs solidly. Okay, we need you to take the next step forward. Well, they, they won a game at least this year in the playoffs. So now you take another step forward, and you hope that works. You hope that, you know, him as the GM doesn't, you know, cut himself from underneath his legs. So it goes, uh, you know, so Bill O'Brien. Then it's Sean McDermott, right? Sean McDermott of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I like him. You know, again, Got the Bills to a playoff berth for the first time since the 90s. Got them to two playoff berths. No playoff wins, but listen, you know, it's it's, it's starter package, right? Like, you got you to gotta warm it up. You got to get, you know, the fact that he got them to the playoffs, he already deserves a statue in Buffalo, I've heard. Um, I think he's a great coach. He has a lot of opportunity to move up in these rankings eventually. I, I just, you know... From what you've seen from everybody, you know, with Vrabel winning a lot of games already very early on in his career, uh, the other couple of guys being established, he's kind of like the last guy of this tier. So that's how I, I've ranked it so far. I really do uh, enjoy uh, Sean McDermott as a coach. He's actually a personal favorite of mine, too. 
Uh, the next two guys on the list are actually guys who are on new teams but have been ho head coaches somewhere else, right? Got Mike McCarthy with a Super Bowl win. Now, you might be like, wait a second, Mike McCarthy with a Super Bowl win. Why is he so low on the list? Well, new team. There's a reason why you get fired. Um, you know, you go different ways. I don't think, you know, again, like there, there's questions as to maybe he should have gotten more done when he was with, uh, you know, Green Bay and that they should have been back to the Super Bowl and they didn't make it there. You know, some of it was coaching and scheme and who you keep on your staff. And, you know, I, I get it. I get the argument. That's kind of why, like, I, I didn't have him all the way up. You know, I, I like the guys who I have ahead of him uh, where I have them. Again, because you don't get fired for no reason. And, you know, he couldn't do anything when he didn't have Aaron Rodgers. And that's not like, listen, that's a lot of coaches, right? When you don't have your, your, your franchise quarterback, you can't do a lot. But I've seen a lot of other coaches do a lot, even with – out their franchise quarterback, at least stay competitive anyway. Um, I follow him up with the other guy, Ron Rivera. Again, guy who's made it to the Super Bowl, multiple playoff berths, but a little bit like, you know, if you watch that, uh, if you watch Ron Rivera's track record, it was very solid. Like, listen, if he's your head coach, you're going to feel good. You're going to feel okay, but you're <laughs> – you're gonna be like you're gonna long for more. He's he's a little he's like a more volatile uh, Marvin Lewis, right? Where it was not only is he gonna get you to the playoffs, he might get you to the Super Bowl. Where like Lewis wasn't doing that for you, but you might not make the playoffs every year. So, but he's been solid to to a very good extent with that. So I, I like Ron Rivera very very much. One of my favorite coaches. Um, they're all my favorite coaches. Let's be real. <laughs> Uh, now we follow it up. Two more guys. Uh, it's Frank Reich and Anthony Lynn. Uh, both of them have had a, a playoff berth. Neither of them made it to the Super Bowl. Each have had some personnel issues, maybe may affecting that a little bit. Um, I like both these coaches. I think that if they are given the right situation, uh, even without the, the best situation in the world, I think they will take a step forward. They've done really well in develop, you know, in picking their staffs and uh, coaching up their players, and would not be shocked if you see either of their teams make it to the playoffs this year. I think Anthony Lynn maybe has a little bit more of a, a, a wild card on his plate, given that he basically has Tyrod Taylor and uh, and Justin Herbert as his quarterbacks. But again, both are very good coaches, um, and it seems like he has a plan there too. So uh, that's kind of like the my. The, the coaches I really like kind of going into this year, right? Then, like, those are the guys who, like, that's kind of the end of the good to really good to great list. Um, the next three guys on the list are questionable, um, questionable futures, uh, looking to maybe bounce back this year, right? Uh, so, anyway, uh, we're going to go ahead and hit that up. It's going to be uh, Dan Quinn of the Atlanta Falcons. He tops off the, these next three guys. Uh, again, like, you know, multiple playoff bursts, made him to the, got him to the Super Bowl. And listen, not that he was, you know, I mentioned before Shanahan being a driving force. Maybe he wasn't the driving force, but, they're, you know, he got their team to play really well last year after they went one in six. So, you know, that bounce back at the end of the year, it kind of showed something. It showed that he can coach and that he can kind of, now he's not going to get that, that, uh, that benefit of the doubt again, I don't think. But he, he does know how to inspire. Um, he does know how to pick very good, uh, uh, very good coach. Like, I thought, listen, I thought 
I was not a fan of Sarkeesian initially, and then I kind of backed off on my hate of Sarkeesian. Then they fired Sarkeesian. Now they got Cotter. Uh, but he picked Shanahan, and they did really well with Shanahan. The real problem's been injury and also that defense. So trying to get that defense to play up to snuff is really the big issue for him. Like I said before, they've made multiple playoffs with them. Um, they've also, you know, they've they've been pretty solid. They haven't like had a horrible season with them. If they do, I think that's going to be it. Uh, follow him up with uh, John Gruden. John Gruden of the Oakland Raiders. I know he's oh Las Vegas Raiders. Might feel like he's very low on the list, but he hasn't made it to the playoffs since you know. He came back after a decades-long break, so it's kind of hard to evaluate John Gruden. Now he's had the opportunity to build this team in his image, right? And by keep in mind, before he took over this team, this team was like 12 and four one year, like it was in the playoffs. So it wasn't like it was removed, like from like being in the playoffs from a super long time. Like they went ahead and kicked Jack Del Rio to the road. So I don't know. I I kind of I think John Gruden. Uh, it's kind of put up or shut up time. I know they're going to give him more time because that's just how it goes with the Raiders and John Gruden. But like I said, it's all three of these guys. It's put up or shut up time, basically. And uh, you know, Matt Nagy's the next guy, number twenty on the list. Matt Nagy. Um, I think that his job's on the line this year. Uh, I listen. You look at the first year, right? The team played really well. You know, they had Vic Fangio as their uh, their head, uh, their defensive coordinator. They played really well with him. They were able to script a lot of good plays. They were getting a lot out of Trubisky. They were utilizing his legs. And then they just didn't seem to ever mesh or be able to use that athleticism again uh, last year. So, again, like, yeah, I, I like Nagy. I like what he's been able to do. It seems like they were having some problems last year getting the offense running. Uh, their O-line's been a little bit of a problem. Uh, maybe they need a new O-line coach. Maybe the O-line coach is fine. They just need better personnel. I don't know. I again, like Matt Nagy. You know, now you have Nick Foles. You have your. I think you're on your fourth Trubisky at this point. You know, if he can't do something with either of those guys, it's going to be like it's shit or get off the pot time. It's time to prove it. Put up or shut up. That's kind of where we're at here with him. And this is basically where the TikTok videos ended, right? There's three more guys on this list, though, right? There is, in no particular order yet. It is Doug Marone, Adam Gase, and Matt Patricia. Actually, that's the order. It goes Doug Marone, Adam Gase, and Matt Patricia. The, the first two guys have gotten their teams to the playoffs. In fact, Doug Marone's team made it all the way to the AFC Championship. Uh, I, I have Doug Marone on, on top because I, I've really seen him like coach multiple teams and do it really well. Uh, when he was in the Bills, he got them to be a 10-win team one season. You know, again, like, you know, with Jacksonville, I, I think – I don't know if he's the problem in Jacksonville, but they're definitely kind of starting to falter in Jacksonville. They're starting to fall apart, if you will. Um, I don't know if he's going to be the coach there long term. Uh, and, and, again, other than that one year, it's kind of been a weird, rocky ride with him. Still, I like him better than the other two guys. If I had a pick of these three guys, I'd pick Doug Marone. Uh, Adam Gase, 22 on this list, right? Uh, and I don't even hate Adam Gase. I don't. But when you look at all the players that were on his teams prior and how much better they did when he was not involved, that's a fucking damning, that's a little bit of damning evidence, right? Uh, the other little bit of damning evidence is that, like, when Sam Darnold had mono last year and they had Luke Falk, 
like basically he was having Sam Darnold practice and he didn't give Luke Falk any practice time. They basically punted that game away. Like they were like, we know we're going to lose because we're starting Luke Falk. And it was like, really? You're just guaranteeing yourself a loss? What's with that? So I don't know. I don't like that kind of coaching. I, I, I get it. But no, I don't get it. I, you know what? Win, try to win. Try to scheme up something. You know, that's why. That's the difference between Adam Gase and Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin didn't have his starting quarterback. He had uh, Kyle Rudolph and uh, Duck Hodges, and they won games. And they schemed up games. And guess what? They won games, and they were very close to making the playoffs. Uh, yeah, they had a bounce back last year towards the end. They they ended up being a very competitive team. The the New York Jets. And listen, I could totally see that, like, you know, part of the argument is, listen, think how much better they would have been if they had had Sam Darnold the whole time without Mono. That's a very good argument. Um, still, I, again, I just want to see it. I don't, when you look at all the other players and where they've gone and how much better they've been at other spots and when you, just that, that one thing about Luke Falk, that, like, that irks me so much. You just gave up that game. So, like, you, you didn't even try so that's what that's what gets him out. But that's what sticks from there. And unfortunately, a guy who I was really hoping to be a good head coach, who's coming up at 23, which is technically last on this list because the other guys on this list um, are not going to be included on this. But it's uh, Matt Patricia, right? Matt Patricia is a solid head coach. I like him. No, he's not a solid head coach. They haven't done anything. Right, they got rid of the the solid head coach. They got rid of the guy who was actually doing well for them. So I don't know. I I just didn't like that. I didn't like that they got rid of Caldwell. Uh, also, don't like that Patricia just has not been good. And it, there's clearly been issues in that organization since Patricia's taken over. And I was shocked because like I from everything I heard before Patricia took over, I thought he was going to be a great head coach, and it's just. It's been a mess. So this just shows you really don't know anything until they take over. So that is where it is. That's where we end up here with the 23. I'm going to go over the other coaches, by the way, right? So we have the guy. We have the team. So last on the list is Matt Patricia. They just have not been playing well, and it's kind of been how – and not for nothing. I almost kind of wanted to put him ahead of Gase, except we don't have a playoff berth. We don't have any real measurement. Like, at least I've seen Gase's teams play pretty well. I really am. Patricia's been weird. I don't know. Uh, you know, I think I, I think they could have a bounce back this year. I wouldn't be shocked. I just let's go to the 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 one year teams, right? The 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 one year so far, guys, right? There's Vic Fangio. There's Matt Lafleur. There's Cliff. There's Cliff Kingsbury, Zach Taylor, and Brian Flores. And uh, all these guys, I really like. I, I like. Uh, well, except for one of them. I don't care. If Zach Taylor, if I could have included him last than that, like he would have been last. He's going to be last overall. I do not like Zach Taylor. I think he's a ham sandwich. I think he's less than a ham sandwich. He doesn't have the bread to be a ham sandwich. He's just a jar of mayonnaise and gelatin. That's what Zach Taylor is. And this is just a hate for the Bengals because I actually don't hate the Bengals. Um, but I do think Zach Taylor is a, is a weird jar of mayonnaise, if you will. Uh, a strange attempt to try to get the McVay LaFleur... Uh, Shanahan uh, essence out of some random guy who happens to be a QB coach. Regardless, right? LaFleur and uh, Vangio have been really good. LaFleur got the team to 13-3, and three, right? Got them all the way up to 
you know, a bye week, didn't do well against the San Francisco 49ers. They definitely have to crack down a little bit more. So LaFleur, I think, is kind of top in my list right there. Um, I like what I saw from Vic Fangio. I like what I saw from Brian Flores. I even like what I saw from Cliff Kinsbury. You usually don't see so many guys who you say, I really like what I saw from them as far as their first-year head coaching, especially when, like, what, uh, only one of them made it to the playoffs. Uh, I'm intrigued by what Cliff Kingsbury is going to be able to do next year. Uh, I really want to see what happens year two with Brian Flores because he got that team playing hard last year. Vic Fangio, I mean, players players raved about him. He was the leader in the locker room. That's what they want. That's what they need. They need a guy who is the alpha. I don't always believe in the alpha bullshit, but that's the, this is where the alpha bullshit comes in. He's the alpha. He's the leader. So, uh, and Flores, we, we already saw from the game tape. So, we got three more teams to talk about, right? The new guys, right? We got uh, Stefanski, Joe Judge, Matt Rule, all these guys. They're the new guys in the block, right? Um, I like Stefanski. I think of these three guys, I think he's the one I think will be the most successful short-term. Uh, Long-term, I think Matt Rule might be developing a good program down there. I think he's got a, a big leash. He's not as uh, stuck to the, the, the current situation like Stefanski is. I, I like that Stefanski has a system that he wants to run. He seems very open-minded. I really dig Stefanski. Joe Judge, I'm kind of perplexed by the hire, to be honest. I'm not saying he's a bad hire, but I, I'm still perplexed, nonetheless. Um, and that means he could be a great head coach. Listen, we see it from John Harbaugh. He's a great head coach, and he was a special teams coordinator. Uh, so I I just don't get – it's hard to gauge with him, if you will. But that was it. That's the end of the list. Um, I hope I didn't miss anybody. Let's run that back through, right? We got Bill Belichick. Andy Reid at number two. We got uh, Pete Carroll at number three. Sean Payton at number four. Doug Peterson at number five. John Harbaugh at number six. Mike Tomlin at number seven. Kyle Shanahan at number eight. Sean McVay at number nine. Bruce Arians at 10. Zimmer at 11. Uh, Vrabel at 12. O'Brien at 13. McDermott at 14. Mike McCarthy at 15. Ron Rivera at 16. Frank Reich at 17. Anthony Lynn at 18. Uh, Matt Nagy at 19, uh, Dan Quinn at 20, John Gruden at 21, Doug Marone at 22, Adam Gase at 23, Matt Patricia at 24, uh, Matt LaFleur, oh, that's, that's 24, it's 24 plus the five that are first-year head coaches that are into their second year, so that's 29, and then we get the three head coaches who are brand new, brand spanking new. So thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you want, you can follow the podcast at DraftVice on Twitter, at DraftVice underscore football on Instagram. You can follow me at B-R-O-J-O, Death is in the End of Life, Punch Like a Delicious Drink that you drink in the summer. Keep wearing your mask when you go outside. Um, and beyond that, I have, a new, uh, I have a new podcast. I have been working on it. That's been coming out weekly. Right now, it's called Punk Law 101. Uh, we've been doing Supreme Court cases that have been coming out because there's been a whole bunch of decisions because it's June. This is basically like a lawyer Super Bowl, if you will. And uh, it's kind of fun. I've been talking about different cases that have come out, not just the big ones you've been hearing about, not just Bostock versus Clayton, Georgia, where everybody's talking about the LGBTQ case. We also talked about Andres versus Texas, which was about a, about a ineffective assistance to counsel with an attorney. Doesn't that sound like fun? 
Oh, boy. Uh, how about a generic? Uh, so listen, we go over a lot of court cases. We're also going to start going over some, like, individual areas of law once we're kind of done with the Supreme Court cases. So tune into that. It's going to be fun. It's definitely fun. One just dropped yesterday. Go check it out. Punk Law 101 and uh, TTFN. Ta-ta for now. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I'm about to pass. I'm about to be